You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Welcome back to another episode of the Pullbox Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Finley. I am your other host, Michael Cohen. This month we have a special, it's just a special month in general, because yeah. we are celebrating alongside First Second Books uh, to celebrate their 10th anniversary of being yeah. great comic publishers. And um, if you've been a po- listener to this podcast for a while, you know that we are fans of first, second books. We've yeah. we've talked a, a lot of, about a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and then this month, we're, we've picked three first, second books to talk about. Um, Mike, you have a pick, and I have a pick, and then we went to first, second, and asked them for a pick. Yeah. And so they've suggested that we read uh, one of their newest releases called The Nameless City by Faith Aaron Hicks. Yeah. It's the first of a three-part... Uh, trilogy yeah um and it really deals with uh um a boy i've i've forgotten their names already Uh, kaidu oh yeah kaidu so uh, a boy kaidu who lives in this this city which is trapped between two larger cities it's kind of a gateway between two cities it's it's a it's a major point for um, city for other cities to come and conquer because it's a main passage and trade route so um and then the book is called The Nameless City because the city doesn't have an official name. People who come and conquer it give it their own name, but then another yeah. another country will come and conquer it and give it their own name. So the people who actually live in the city have given up any chance of actually naming the city because it just changes every decade or two. Yeah. Um, we're dropped right in the middle of this um, long history of the city. Um, they've been at peace for 30 years, whatever whatever country has taken it over has actually maintained control of it for 30 years. Um, and then Kaidu is a young boy who lives in one of the suburbs who travels to the city for the first time to, I guess, join their, their army. Yeah. Um, and then he's, so he's learning about the history of the city, um, for our benefit, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and also how to be a warrior. Um, kind of doesn't really have the heart to be a yeah warrior. it's not yeah it's not what he wants it's sort of what's expected of him right yeah because i guess his dad is an official yeah um who he's never met before because he, yeah he's lived the dad's lived in the city his mom and the family have lived in the in the suburbs so he's meeting his dad for the first time and then um he travels to just to explore the city and meets up with this girl named rat yeah uh, and she is, I guess, sort of um, a native of this city. Mm-hmm. Of the, of the, so she she and her her descendants have been in the city for generations to the point where I guess they don't have really a say anymore because they're just the people who happen to be there, not the yeah. conquering. Yeah, the conquering. Yeah, city. there's kind of uh, uh, there's three nations. And these three nations have been swapping back and forth with who 
takes control of the city and it's never been at peace for longer than 30 years and the 30 years is basically up right so something's Um, gonna happen yeah so we're kind of like we're coming into the story right as it's about to potentially turn into a larger conflict right um but that sort of that's also one of the sort of themes of of the book is is what what can you do to to like stop that inevitability from happening right right um but yeah so there's the three major nations and then like they don't really talk too much about the other nations but they say like there are other smaller nations as well and the smaller nations uh they have even less voice because they're not conquerors they can't they don't have the resources to conquer the city so they're people who just live within the city yeah right um and they 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 called the, them the named. So if you live in the city, you, you're somebody who's from the city. You're the named in the nameless city, which is, it's a it, it it's a very rich history. Um, it it's really great world building. Yeah. Um, and it sort of it's familiar, but it's also completely its own thing. So um, mm-hmm. you can kind of it's 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 very very uh, Asian influenced. Um, obviously, uh, when you look at the art, like you can just see that immediately that that's, yeah. that that's the, it's the... definitely some sort of Asian city that they yeah. live in. Yeah. Um, um, it's, um, uh, it's very reminiscent of Avatar, the last airbender. Yes. Um, it, it, you can actually, it's not even just reminiscent. You can tell that that is an inspiration on it because yeah. the nation aspect of it is very similar to that mm-hmm. where where you have uh, the the nations in in Avatar for for those who who haven't uh, seen that show. Uh, it's yeah. it's very that it, like that's really one of the driving forces of that series is how the different nations. Mm-hmm. Um, interact with one another so yeah and this book is very similar to that just without yeah. the supernatural aspect yeah. of it these yeah. people are yeah, real people sure. yeah um so we don't get into that side of things yeah but and so yeah the major the, the major part of this this book is the political side to it yeah um but then there's also the the human side to it as well yeah. so um kaidu meets rat and is immediately um like captivated with her free spirit and her yeah. just kind of exotic nature she's kind of she's kind of like uh like aladdin where she right. like yeah. you know, which like i think that that might be intentional that she's named i don't know that she's actually named rat or if they just call her rat because she never says her name right because right? he says what's your name and she just ignores him and no uh, she says rat. Oh, does she say and rat? then he says oh, haha okay. i thought you i thought i heard you say rat and then she said yeah i did say that oh, okay <laughs> Um, but it's very like, it, it reminds me of like, like they call Aladdin street rat and like she runs across the rooftops and sort of lives off of the the generosity. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, it's very much, uh, I, it's sort of, I'm almost referential to that, that archetype. Yeah. And the way that Jasmine reacted to Aladdin when yeah. she first met him is the same way that Kaidu is, is reacting to Rhett here in this yeah. situation too. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's a good, that's a good parallel there. Yeah. Um, but he, he, like you said, he's captivated with her and, uh, and, and wants to learn the things that she can do rather yeah. than the things that the army's training. Like yeah. she can jump across this massive, uh, river from a rooftop to another rooftop. Yeah. A longer jump than anybody should be able to do. He wants to know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of his quest through this book. Yeah. 
is to make that jump um, by keeping up, uh, meeting up with her throughout the book. And um, yeah. they kind of divide up the book by days. Yeah. And, um, and so we see that journey. We journey along with him as he trains himself, yeah. ignoring the, the army side of things, yeah. um, which gets him in trouble. And then uh, meeting up, uh, learning the just kind of the more natural way of surviving in the yeah. city. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, I mean, the um, the story is great. the The characterization is is incredibly uh, uh, deep, but doesn't require a lot to understand. Right, which is difficult to do, and it's it's one of those things that like you have to really have great characters and great ideas for characters and rely a lot on archetypes in order to get that across. But, um, we very quickly learn who Kaido is. I mean, in the first few pages, you think that he's just average. And then quickly you start to learn that like, well, he doesn't want to fight. Well, he's actually more clever than he is strong. And like, and he, he really just came to connect with his father. That was the real reason why he's in the city. And this other stuff is just, he has to do it in order to, to, to get there. And then, uh, with his father, um, again, when you first meet him, you think like, oh, he's like a general or like, like some sort of military leader. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly you start to learn like, oh no, he's he's more of like a strategist than a warrior and not just in terms of war strategy, but just like sort of political strategy yeah. as well. And he's looking at ways for the, the, the Dow, is it the Dow or Dan Dow is the name of the city. What are, what's the nation? Uh, Dow, I think is right. I think, yeah. I think it's the Dow for them to, yeah, the Dow. That's right. to rule the city without, ignoring the needs of the people within the city. Um, and like you, you, you learn over the course of the book that his father's actually a very compassionate person, a very intelligent person. Um, and then, and then there's rat and sort of some of the other supporting characters like, uh, like the, the monk that we meet and, and the, the, what's the general of all blades, general of all blades. Yeah. I, uh, and his son, the general of all blades, we don't really interact with a lot except for in one scene. A pivotal scene. A yeah. pivotal scene. And in that one scene, you get so much just in that simple interaction. Mm-hmm. Um they they like you you know who that character is. You you understand him. Yeah. Um just from that one scene. And like that takes that takes really sophisticated, subtle writing. But to do it within the context of a book that, um, although like we're adults and we enjoyed it quite a lot, I would say that this is this is probably aimed mostly at teenagers, right? Like that's yep. kind of the the so. the demographic for it. If you like, you look at the cover of the book and everything. Um, but but there's there's actually a lot to dig into. There's a, even though it's it's all kind of right on the surface. Uh, it it everything that's on the surface sort of implies deep roots, yeah. Which is which is really 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 hard to do. Yeah. Well, and she, I think, you know, she um, Faith Erin Hicks is from Vancouver here. Okay. Um, or maybe not from Vancouver, but she's living in Vancouver currently. Um, but she's Canadian, so I feel like this book is a great allegory 
for the struggle of First Nations people、mm-hmm. here in in Canada,、um, and also in the United States. The Yeah. yeah, it's the Native American in the United States. The、yeah. word that we use, the phrase that we use in Canada for Indigenous peoples, First Nations, and、um, and just because the named are the people who lived in this city, and then、yeah. you can see like, you know, the European,、um, they're not European in this book, but European settlers come in and take over the land, and they have their battles over the land, and、yeah. they they have to form their Hierarchy and and treaties or whatever, and it's only with those fighting European groups and all of these、uh, First、yeah. Nations group underneath are left without a voice, and they don't get a say in this. And that's the same thing that's happening in this book. So I can、hmm. see if um if you bring this book into schools, it's a、yeah. good teaching tool.、Yeah. It's a great allegory for for、yeah. that struggle. Yeah,、um, yeah, because it's very much about about、um, multiculturalism and how you. How you get along in a metropolitan city? Yeah, right. Where not everybody has the same beliefs, but really at the end of the day, everybody wants the same thing, which is just you know pursuit of happiness, basically, right? right? And、uh, and and that is that is one of like the undercurrents in the book,、um, and the 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 rest of the Tao. Seem to be really at odds with this idea. They're warriors. They're conquerors. It's kind of how they view their society, how they how they view their culture. Yeah. And here you have、uh, Kaidu and his father, and they're actually they're pretty far from that. And we think that the rest of the Dao are the same, but are 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 all warriors and that sort of thing, and not like Kaidu and、uh, and his father. But then we end up finding out that actually the general of all blades is much more compassionate.、Mm-hmm. And, like, because with a name like the general of all blades, you <laughs> expect him to be like, you know,、yeah. slice first, ask questions later. Well, and they build him up that is, way, right? Because we、yeah. see the general before that interaction with、yeah. the general, we just see him from the eyes of Kai,、yeah. and so when he sees. The general of all blades talking. It's like he's always got a stern face. He's、yeah. a man of very few words. Yeah, and he's got this secret library that no one's allowed to enter, and、yeah. everyone's kind of afraid and steps on his toes. So that's the impression that we get of him right away. And then we meet him, and then the words and, and this is an archetype. So we、yeah. and because we are, have seen this archetype many times, he's the the Obi Wan or the Master Splinter、yeah. type character. Yeah, yeah.、Um, and he just in a few words pulls that out. But、yeah. it's really great the way they. That that、um, Faith Aaron Hicks had, had just kind of、um, built it up and then turned it on its head, and、yeah. it'll be great for people who aren't aware of that particular archetype. Like it'll be it's, nice, yeah, uh, it's a, it's、nice、a it's、tell. a it's a good it's a good、um, uh, introduction to a lot of of these storytelling tropes,、yeah. right? So it's、mm-hmm. it's it is perfect for like a young teenager tween. Like I'd say, like twelve years old is is where you would、I、start so, to、yeah. introduce a book like this. Uh, and like you said, it like the the messages that are in it、um, are great learning tools, especially because they're subtle. Yeah, it's not hitting you over the head. It's really not what the story is about, even though it is what the story is about, right? Like the the plot of it is really the friendship between these two characters and how、yeah. that develops, but but the 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 themes and and the these ideas. Of of living in a metropolitan city are all present in every page, basically. Yeah, and I think because we are older, yeah,、um, we 
get more out of the political side of it. But yeah. I bet you a 12-year-old reading it will just see the friendship, like yeah. you were saying. Yeah. That'll yeah. be the thing that... And then... They won't even know they're learning, which is the best. That's <laughs> yeah, the exactly. best place to teach, right? Well, and I think the major learning will come in the second volume yes. when things actually start to happen. Because we don't want to give away anything in this book because it hasn't... When we're recording, it hasn't actually been released yeah. yet. First yeah. Second was generous and gave us a, an advanced copy. But... Um, uh, the second volume, things really, I'm sure, will start to ramp up, yeah. and yeah. we'll see the political side come out a little bit yeah. more, and how how rat plays a role in that. I think. As yeah, well. yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, I mean, I I loved it, and and we've talked a lot about the story. We haven't really talked that much about the art itself. Sure. Um, and the art is, uh, it's it's just perfect, right? Yeah. Like, it, there's never any point in it where I'm like. I can't follow this. Like everything nope, is a fantastic story. Yeah. Everything's yeah. clear. It's concise. The panels tell you the information you need to know without you having to inspect them. Yeah. Which, uh, our other books that, that we're reading this month, I, sometimes the action sequences can get a little bit, a little bit hard to follow. And I think in, in, in Aurora West, you kind of, or in, like in the Battling Boy books, you kind of ignore it and you just kind of go <laughs> through it and you go, okay, something's happening. And then in in uh, in the Delilah Dirk books, and I think I even said this about the first volume, like uh, sometimes you have to kind of like do a double take and go like, okay, that's what happened, right? Um, but uh, but in this book, it's kind of a perfect middle of the road where, like, there's always action in the, in the panel. Something's always happening. Yeah. Um, it, it never feels stagnant, yet it's always easy to follow. And I think a lot of that is is nice, clean, bold shapes. Yep. And, uh, and obviously the colors have a lot to do with it. The colors like, definitely have a yeah. lot to, to play in this one. I, I, um, I've been a fan of Faith Erin Hicks for a while. I have read a, a few of her other books. Um, and she did one called, what is it called? Uh, Adventures of Superhero Girl, I think it was, which okay. is, I think, a webcomic of hers. And that one was in color. Um, but she took a much more cartoony approach to it, much more simplistic. Okay. Um, but then her normal stuff, and I brought an example so you can see. This is a book called Friends with Boys. She usually does work in black and white. Okay. And her, I like her black and white artwork a whole lot more i feel like it stands out the way she plays with shadows um her her gray tones and stuff and um i feel like the color actually did a disservice to her believe it or not um because she didn't put the it's, same... it's a lot more flat yeah it yeah. it's um she yeah that's fair she didn't put as much detail into her inking um, yeah. so that the color could stand out. But I feel like that actually took a little bit away. Um, fortunately, she's just good at, at her layouts and, um, and her, I love her facial expressions and her body language yeah. is just yeah. fantastic. Um, the colorist is great too. Like I really like the textures that they put into the backgrounds and, and everything like that. So it, it totally works with this book. Um, um, my personal preference is I prefer her black, white, but still, yeah. it's, it's still great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no. This black and white stuff is great. It's um, it it, ha it does have, it does because you you had Nameless City open and I'm looking at what what is this one? Friends, Friends with, with boys. boys, and um, looking from one panel to the other, what from one book to the other, uh, the black and white has this this great depth to it, and it's almost 
three-dimensional it feels like and then you look at at uh, nameless city and it feels very 2d it feels very uh flat and cartoony um yeah which, which is interesting because uh, i mean i but personally personally i i like that sort of thing and with my own art style i tend to do things pretty flatly um but it it was just not what i was used to having yeah, read yeah, a few for, sure. for other books it's like sure. all of a sudden we get this and then yeah um but it yeah it still is yeah, I was quite happy with it. Um, it is, uh, it's going to be a trilogy, I think, that will um, be an important part for kids' comics. Yeah, coming up, yeah. like it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good story to tell. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, the that that link to Avatar: The Last Airbender, I think, is is important because that is a show that is popular with that that demographic, and I think that uh, that if this gets marketed the right way, if it gets into the right hands, it could have the same sort of success that that did. Yeah. Well, that's, um, um, yeah. And Avatar is a, is a few years old now. So yeah. even like 12 oh, yeah. years aren't, aren't watching Avatar anymore. Right? No, no. So it's, um, well, I mean, in reruns on, on Nickelodeon well, and everything. And I think it, but, well, it used to be on Netflix. Maybe. I don't know if it still is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do, I do think that, that this is, this is, um, of the books that we've actually read from first second, this is actually, I think one of the, one of the better ones. I, I, yep. I put it up pretty high cause, um, I don't have any real complaints about it. I don't like it. It, it, uh, I read it really quickly. Um, which I always appreciate when I grab a book that is a book and not <laughs> issues of a comic and, uh, and I can get through it fast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sort of, sort of go on to the next thing. Um, I definitely spent a lot more time on the other two books this month than I did with this one. And to me, like that almost, that, that is almost a barometer for me of how much I enjoyed it because when I'm enjoying something, I, I, it goes through fast. It goes fast. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, but that might just be a perspective thing. I may, it may have taken me the same amount of time to read <laughs> The Fall of the House of West. Um, Delilah Dirk was definitely a longer read than, sure. than it, there's more other, meat in that the one other for two sure. books. Yeah, yeah. but um, but yeah, I, I, I loved it, and I, don't, I can't recommend it highly enough, especially to that age group. So if you have, if you have a, a young reader who's just graduating from, from sort of kitty stuff into something with a little bit more meat on it, um, this would be a great comic to, to introduce them to because mm-hmm. I think it kind of has everything that uh, that that demographic looks for in a, in a story. It has characters that they can relate to. It has it's it's bright, it's vibrant, it's easy to follow, but uh, but it's interesting. It doesn't pander, yeah. um, and that's that's hard to find in kids comics. Stuff and I mean, does it pander? And you're learning without realizing you're learning. Yeah, like, what yeah. more can you ask for there? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we, the com- the kids' comics that we tend to talk about on on pull box tend to fall into this category. So you might you could be forgiven if you don't if you're not into kids' comics and you don't really look into them that much for thinking based on our reviews like that Sonic all, versus or Sonic Mega Man. <laughs> well, that all kids' comics are 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 the kind of quality that this is or the kind of quality that Bone is. But uh, but yeah, I would say most probably fall more so in that Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, well, you know I, there are yeah. um, there are a few publishers out there now that are putting putting out consistently putting out quality kids comics. Yeah, and um, yeah, graphics is one of them. Um, 
and the first, second, and um, even Paper Cuts is doing some really good stuff, and there are a few others that are escaping me right now. But um, we're in a we're in an age right now where kids yeah. comics doesn't mean Archie, and yeah. it doesn't mean the uh, the the specific line of Marvel and DC that has Scooby Doo and and yeah, yeah. Um, lame Spider Man comics or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're in a great a great age of kids comics. Yeah, yeah, with original ideas. Yeah. And uh, and and interesting stuff that aren't Story, based on stories, franchises and yeah. all that. Yeah. Stories that mean something. Not, yeah. not and and that's not to take anything away from Marvel or DC, but oftentimes, uh, even in the regular Marvel and DC comics, they're not really telling stories with a lot of substance. I mean, like the current Spider-Man run uh, from the new. Uh, what did they call their new relaunch? I can't remember. Um, oh, all new. <laughs> with, the, with the all new relaunch, yeah. I, I, with all new Amazing Spider Man, it, it's it's good. I like it. I like the comic a lot. Is there anything like deep about it? Am I learning anything about society because of it? No, it's just <laughs> Spider Man, and he's just having adventures. Well, and Marvel's always been just a pulp yeah. comic yeah. storytelling corporation right and that's yeah. that's what they are and i don't really expect anything yeah. more from them yeah so it's but it's good to have these comics out there for kids so yeah. that you know like they can be reading comics but they can also be uh, bettering themselves through that as well <laughs> yeah. along with reading the the spider-mans and supermans and stuff like that yeah you know uh there's there's room for everything but it's good to see um it's good to see first second definitely i i picking up the ball with this sort of thing and running with it so and i they, they do it pretty consistently yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I i mean i i'll i'll read the next two books in the series because this for this sure was a this was a great introduction to a world and and i want to know where it's going to go yeah you know kind of grow with the characters good well um the next two episodes we're going to be talking about two more first second books and we've yep. already kind of mentioned them we're going to talk about the fall of the house of west yep um in the next episode and then follow that up with delilah dirk and the king's shilling uh and do we let's briefly talk about our pulls for this coming month yeah so i you mentioned archie <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and my pull for the coming month is uh, is archie volume one now this is not just Archie, uh, but this is not regular. This isn't like an Archie Digest. <laughs> this is this is the relaunch of Archie uh, that that we talked about when we uh, soon after we did Afterlife with Archie. Um, that uh, it's written by Mark Wade and it's drawn by Fiona Staples. Right. So this is definitely an Archie for an older crew. Yeah. Um, it is. It's Archie by way of the CW, which is ironic because, or not ironic, but coincidental because uh, the CW is developing an Archie television show <laughs> show right now called Riverdale. So, um, and that that I think they're shooting the pilot or something like that it's yeah. pretty soon. But uh, I, yeah, so it's it's a it's a little bit more of a mature take on the on Archie and his pals, which. Uh, which I think is coming off the heels of life with Archie and afterlife with Archie. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, they've been doing good stuff over at Archie Comics. So so I'm excited to uh, to dig into this one. Good. And uh, check it out. Um, my pull for this month is Alias Volume One, which uh, in the newest edition that just came out of Alias. Um, they call it Jessica Jones, a.k.a. Alias, because yeah. they got to tie it into the Netflix <laughs> show. So I figure we should tie our show into the Netflix show as well and read yeah. Alias Volume 1. It's the first nine issues cool. of this uh, series that 
um, came out like a decade ago, I think, or something like that now. Um, but uh, I read it back then. I haven't read it since, so I'll be revisiting it, and you haven't read cool. it at all. No, I've never read it, but I have seen Jessica Jones on Netflix. Perfect. That's good. So it'll be a cool yeah. perspective to, to go into it with that. And then our reader poll for this month comes to us from... Uh, uh, who was it? Courtney. Oh, oh yeah, Courtney. Yeah. And she, from the Double X Files podcast. Yep, yep. Uh, She suggests we read this uh, book called Wild's End from Boom Studios. And it's by um, Dan Abnett, which I think he's best known for his for revamping Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Um, and illustrated by I.N.J. Culbert. So... And it's a, it's kind of an interesting tale about anthropomorphic animals that live kind of in this Victorian era world, and I guess there's aliens or something. I don't really know anything about it, but it looks pretty cool. Cool. So that uh, that's what we're, we'll read the first story arc, the first volume from that one as well. Awesome. Sounds good. Is it? I th- is this is a good month. I think so. Up. Yeah. That's good. That's a good month. Good variety. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it for this episode. Cool. We'll catch you guys on the next episode, which is going to be... Follow the House of West. Follow the House of West. Yeah. Keep reading comics. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, You can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast.com. Follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can can also find all of our other great podcasts over at thunderquack.com. And uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack. And, uh, and, and you can you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps. But uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter, then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one long, super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.